That is good. It's been, oh, I think, about a month since I spoke. I, I spoke, spoke uh, like my last message, which is the first Sunday of January. And we had a snow day after that. We had a, a pastor sing from Eternity Church in Richmond came and shared over the leadership weekend. And Pastor Mimi shared uh, uh, last Sunday of January. And Pastor Sonny was here last Sunday. So animated, running from that corner to that corner. <laughs> I did go and see the movie that she mentioned. It's called The Battle. In Korean, it was a Shion, she, I think, An uh, Shisong. Anyways, it's a very famous uh, uh, story in Korea and about the battle between uh, an in, uh, invading army uh, over uh, North Korea, north, northern part of Korea, which was defeated by a small army, small city, small uh, walled city. Anyway, it was good. It was not as good as she talked about. It was okay. <laughs> It was okay, but, but he, he looked handsome, though, the guy she mentioned. He looked handsome. Anyway, today, uh, before I begin, I have a couple, couple thoughts really in me before I begin. One was uh, one of the stories that really uh, throughout this week was one of one friend, somebody, a friend that I know is a little bit younger than me in late, I, I think um, mid-40s, maybe late-40s, had a stroke, had a stroke. And apparently, I didn't know until this morning, there was actually his second stroke. You know, and that, you know, and God, by miracle, miracle ways, healed. Went home in about four or five days. And what made me think about when I had a stroke about three and a half years, three years and four months ago. It went back, I remember how God was gracious. And I remember, you know, and I remembered how after having a stroke, the, my, I realized that my life has to change because they, they didn't know why I had a stroke. So I need to figure out how I can change my lifestyle so that I will not have a recurring stroke. They, and I changed how I ate, how, you know, and not, not anymore, but at the time I did, how I exercised, how I slept. I changed three things, what I eat, how I exercise, how I sleep, three things. And some of it I'm still keeping it as part of my lifestyle. And so that I will be healthy. Reminded me, sort of leads me to this message that you'll see the connection down the line. But anyway, um, for me, the stroke was a reminder. God was giving me a second chance. A reminder that my life is short. One of, the, one of the devotions I had this week was, God, Lord, make me know the end of my life. Let me know uh, how transient my life is how frail my life is. And, you know, it talks about that. Knowing, I mean, and knowing that I do not live, I'm not going to live forever. There will be an end to my life, and I'm going to see God face to face. I want to live my life in light of that. I'm not, I cannot live as if I'm going to live 200 more years. I would like to, you know, but, but healthier with more hair. Any, anyhow, but meaning that how do I live in light of all that? Second thing is... Um, uh, this, I tell you, I love our denomination. Probably you heard me say that in last weekend, have, I love our denomination. This was the national gathering that Pastor Mimi and I went. Uh, this, the, this year's theme was locally grown and really cultivating your flourishing next steps. You know, and, and, you know, I wish I could have spent time just to talk whole 
uh, three, three, four days conference we had, and every, this is the third time Pastor Mimi and I went. Each time we were excited, we came back rejuvenated. We are amazed. We are just so thrilled. Our denominations like another denomination, other denominations. A lot of times, denominations are what they are there to sort of help, you know, take take care of churches. But our denomination, our goal. I should know because I'm in the executive council, been a full year, that our goal is not to help maintain churches. Uh, we want to be a movement where we are really doing what God wants us to do. And really the phrases you're cultivating, your flourishing next step was, was the question that I was asking. When people we left, they were always asking every turn, what is your next flourishing step? What is your next flourishing step as a person, as a church? Anyway, and I can talk about now. Something probably most of you do not know. Okay, by the way, I took a picture. Pastor Mimi had a part in the whole conference. So she was doing, I think, uh, uh, opening, uh, I think, call to worship. Out of whole conference, first call to worship done by Pastor Mimi. You know, with uh, all the, the choir was amazing. Anyway, and so... Yeah, she's right there. You can see. Right there, right? Okay, good. Anyway, you know, this is amazing because we saw all one church that had multiple different kind of worship. Simultaneously, there was a conservative traditional service going on, and simultaneously, another, another part of the church as, as big as the other one, they had a contemporary worship going on with a live praise team at the same time. But message was the same. But they, at one place, one church had two different services going on at the same time. I went to, we went to each, each one of them. I, I was dancing in the other one. I was sitting, standing, sitting in the front. I was dancing, dancing, you know, returning, twirling and everything. The other was sitting down nicely, you know, and <laughs> clapping or not. Anyway, it was... And they had a backpipe. I've never seen a worship with backpipe. They have five back, backpipes playing. Uh, I guess they have a, a Scottish background. It's like people wearing kilt and everything. It was good. Anyway, it was good. Uh, next year, Pastor Mimi thought, we need to take some of our elders there. Next year, it'll be at Dallas. It'll be really, really great. We'll take some of your elders to go with us. Anyhow, probably you didn't know that this is our denomination. Our denomination is called Eco. Not echo. Eco, actually, our denomination, the eco really was acronym of our, our, our denomination's name in the beginning, but they changed it. Now it's not an acronym. The really, eco stands for covenant of evangelical, covenant order of evangelical Presbyterians. So it's not, it's not acronym, okay? Eco. I love that. You see, that. you see that the leaf with the cross in the middle? It's a flourishing, okay? It's flourishing, right? The leaves growing, and there's a cross right in the middle of it. We, uh, we want to be a place. We, we want to be a place where individuals and churches flourish, become fully centered in Christ, living their life. Our mission is building flourishing churches that make disciples of Jesus Christ. You don't know how much I love this thing, because this is so close to the the. the the vision, the mission that God has given to our church. And I probably, I don't know how many of you, how many of you know the mission statement of Hope Church? Anybody knows this? If you do, I'll give you 50 bucks. Okay, anybody know? 
Anybody knows the mission statement of Hope Church? Anybody want to take a stab at it? Okay. Hope Church, our mission is to equip all peoples to be passionate lovers of Jesus Christ, meaning make disciples, reach the lost, and practice mercy as a house of prayer for all the peoples. This is our mission, and our vision is to build biblically functioning community for the glory of God. I don't know, I, you know, I just wanted to, I, I, I bet you most of you do not remember this or know this. If you went to membership last couple of years, you know that we went through this. But our vision is we want to be a community, like a biblical community in the Bible, a biblically functioning community that lives and does what the original church, a church behaved and lived like, all for the glory of God. This is why we are really focused on building community here. We, want, we are so focused on you know, wanting you to be in the life groups, the small groups, and different fellowships. Why? Because we want to be a community that lives and breathes and acts, behaves like the people of God. And people of God behave and lives and lives the gospel best as people of God as a community. We all do it for the glory of God. Today's message title is Time to Grow Up. Time to grow up, people. Because not everybody who gets old, grow old, grows old, grows up. Some people just get, just grows old. Still selfish and childish. Why, why, why are you looking at me, my wife? My wife is giving me a look. Yeah, right, that's you. <laughs> Time to grow up. Time to grow up. This is in light of the two things I shared earlier, two stories. One about my friend who had a stroke. I mean, God healed him. And the thing is, how do I get strengthened? And also our calling as the denomination, as well as a church, that we want to be disciples of Christ. Who is a disciple? Follows of Christ is one who becomes more like Christ. We become more like Christ. Christians are not people who say, I believe in God. I mean, that's a little part of it, but Christians are those who are following Christ. We are called to be more like Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, we'll, go, we'll talk about this more. And also, uh, today, there are, I have a few passages I want to look, we'll focus on. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Romans 12 and 2, 25 verses, 6 verses but three, three different places. Let me begin with this passage, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. Look at this from NASB. Oh, I didn't pray yet, right? Let's pray. We are ready to begin. I didn't begin my message yet. Let's we'll pray, okay? Oh, okay, let's pray. Father, we come as the people of God. We say, this is the day the Lord has made. We will be we rejoice and be, be glad in it because of the day that you have made. We come before you today as people of God to lift up our eyes and gaze into your beauty, God. Really uh, away from our daily worries and anxieties, but looking unto you, for you says, those who look to you will be radiant. Their face will never be ashamed. 
Lord, because you said those who wait upon you, those who look unto you, will gain your strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run. Though they run, they'll not be tired. Though they walk, they'll not be weary. We come looking unto you, our God. We ask today as we come and worship you, as we worship you through hearing of your word right now, God, we ask you to open our ears, open our hearts, and fling wide open our spirits, God, that you will speak to us. You will be near us. We want to meet you, encounter you, God. As we look to you, you will transform us. Make us more like our Lord Jesus. I ask that you'll make my words clear and concise and brief. It'll be clear to understand. Go deep into our soul. It'll be your word. We give you glory. God, in the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. As a result... We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming, by speaking the truth in love. We are to go up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. I think... In the message version, in verse 15, it sort of says, it says, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth, and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. Listen very carefully. It is truth that God, our Heavenly Father's goal is for us to mature and develop character of Jesus Christ. It is God's will that we grow up. We grow up. As I said earlier, not everybody who grows older becomes, who grow, matures or grows up. Some of us just get old. I was, I was shaking hands with Nick. I was just amazed at him. He's getting old, older, you know, than what I used to know. But he's, he has a full hair. I have a sign that I'm getting old. He is leaving me. Not everybody wants to be near me. Even hair leaves me. Any, anyhow, but we get, sometimes we just get old without getting mature. And God's desire for us, one of, one of God's purpose for us, God's primary purpose for us is for us to become more like Christ. Become more like Christ means we, we are maturing. Be, becoming more like Christ means I, we are becoming fully who we are called to be. When we become like Christ, we are fully alive as man and woman. God made us to be. Spiritual growth is not automatic, though. It takes intentional commitments. Spiritual growth is automatic. It doesn't, it doesn't happen just automatically. One of the things that always disheartens me is that they say in statistics that when you, what do you hear in a couple of days? you only remember 5%. Which means I can speak same message, you know, maybe in every two months, and you don't remember it, but you'll forget it anyway. So anyhow, point is that a lot of things we hear or not, and we do not learn a lot from it. Spiritual growth is not 
automatic. It is intentional. It t- we, we have to want it. We have to desire, we have to have desire to grow. And we have, we have to make commitments to grow. We have to make efforts to grow. We have to persist in our efforts. This process often, we call it discipleship, becoming more like Christ. But it always begins with a decision, though. Always begins with a decision somewhere. And somebody, and Rick Warren said, we become what we are committed to. And as we, you know, and we, we, our growth is automatic. It has to be intentional. It, it involves commitment. What we are committed to is who we become. If you tell me, if, I, if you tell me what you're committed to, I'll tell you what you'll be like in 20 years. Think about that. Think about that, right? Every choice has eternal choices. Every choice has eternal consequences. So we have to make good choices. And, some, and sometimes people make bad choices, unwise choices. And, and when it comes to making commitment to do what is right, some are afraid to make commitments, therefore they drift away. Some have hearted commitments to different things. They ended up frustrated and become mediocre. Others commit, their, their commitments are to the things that will not last. Sometimes we call it worldly things, ungodly things. We end up, we, we may get rich or we may get even famous, but ends up dissatisfied, disappointed, and bitter. Every choice has eternal consequences, so we better make wise choices Godly choices, don't we? Becoming more like Christ, God's ultimate goal in life for us is not comfort, but character development. God is not as much uh, interested in what we do as to who we are and what we are, first of all. He's more concerned about what we are more than what we do. Christ-like, becoming more like Christ, Christ-likeness is a result of making Christ-like choices and depending on his Holy Spirit. A couple of things. Uh, if you look at this passage, Philippians chapter 2, verse uh, 12 and 13, it says something very profound here. It says, Apostle speaks to Christians at Philippi, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This very interesting couple of things here. I highlighted the word work out, and God works in. A couple of things are happening here. As you become more, more like Christ, as you mature, there are things that God does, there are things that we need to do. One is that it says, God is working in you, both to will and to do, to work. And it speaks of how God is working in us, helping us to choose what is right, or giving us ability to do the right thing. Not only that, there is a part, our part where we need to work at it, we need to work out our salvation. There is God's part, and with, as far as the things we ought to do. It is not one or the other, it's both and end. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. One more verse. The same verse in MSG version, the tasty version. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become more like him. There is a sense as you become mature, become more like Christ, as you committed to and, and taking individual time to grow in God. And there is where Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in me. He works in me, beginning to, works in me to change things in me, make me more like Christ. There is what God does in me, helping me to desire the right thing, as well as giving me strength to do the right thing. Because we have issues with both. I don't know about you. Sometimes I don't feel like doing things, the right things. Do you? Do you always feel like doing the right thing? If you say yes, you're a liar. <laughs> but there are days I don't like getting up out of the bed. You know, every, every morning, 5 o'clock, my alarm goes off Monday to Friday to get up to go pray. Some days I don't feel like getting up. I don't, you know, some of you say I don't feel like getting up any morning. But if some morning I don't feel like, some morning I get up. Yay, let's go. Some money. But God helps even our desires. And as well as gives us strength to do things. See, the thing is that us becoming more like Christ, maturity is God working in us. This is why in chapter 5 of Galatians it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. When we abide in Christ, when we live with God and walk, walk in steps with Him, Holy Spirit begins to create nature and a character in us. Begin to change the way we behave with others, how we live with others, and begin to change us. I like the way how a message puts it. Look at what it says. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much as the same way the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, peace. Okay, and look at what he says. He continues on by saying, we develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that is, that is a basic holiness permeating, permeates things and people. Not only that, it also we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energy, energy, energy wisely. There is how God puts character in us, helps us to, you know, uh, uh, be willing to do things, helps us get involved in things, and begin to change our hearts and life as we, as Holy Spirit God lives within us as we cooperate with him. Holy God's spirit works within us. So before you go on, the question is, am I living in the spirit? Am I living in the fullness of spirit? That's what separates Christians from non-Christians. If somebody living, someone lives in you, somebody helping you, and say, that's God living in you. That's what separates Christians from non-Christians. Amen? This is why Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 20, 
continue being filled with the Spirit of God. It's not about me trying to live on my own only. It's Spirit of God living in me, changing me. But the other part is me, me working on my salvation. That, it, it didn't say work for your salvation. It said work out your salvation because you're saved. This is how you're supposed to live it out. Our part is, look at what it says. I love one of my favorite verses. I know I have a thousand favorite verses anyhow, but this is one of my favorite verses. It says, and do not be conformed to this world. I mean, do not, be, do not act and live like this world. But be transformed, changed from inside out by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. It talks about being transformed. How? By renewing of your mind. NLT, New Living Translation, puts it this way. I like the way they put it. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Do not live like this world. Do not think like this world. This has been corrupted. But let God transform you. Whenever I read the word, it reminds me of transformer. And Trump, transformer. I remember when, I think when I was a seminary, then 1985, that's when transform first came out. And you, you, get, you get those toy, toy things where you make it around. It becomes something like a car. You put it apart. Sort of looks like a robot, but, you know, they're trying. And anyway, so transformers, right? But that's, that, that's, not even trans, that's not even transformed. That's just changing the form. The word here is not just outside. It's really internal change. It's a God, be transformed by renewing of your mind. Here is the key. I think many, many, I see many, many people in the church who say, who comes to church, they say, you're Christians, yet I find that we are not transformed yet. We still think like the world. We still act like the world. We still taste like the world. Because we have not been transformed inside. Our thoughts didn't change. Our, the way we think didn't change. I say, I believe in God. I know God loves me, but I still think like everybody else. They will have the same problem everybody else has. He said, and, I, and the thing is, second part of becoming more like Christ, this God's part, this God's spirit of God working in me, helping me, the other part is me becoming more, we following Christ. As you do that, we, are, we need to be transformed by the changing of our mind. This is a key. We need to change our, our mind as we transform. The way we think has to change. And this is why, so if you go to church 50 years Never missing a Sunday, and that often do not change you totally. Because, you know, and remember, you forget 95% of what you hear on Sunday. Think about it. And the thing is, we need more than just Sunday messages. We need the Word of God, because the Word of God to transform us. This is why I talk about Bible, 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 devotion, 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 prayer. You know, and I know some of you are doing that and the Bible through the year pro thing, right? And, and, and I love that thing. And especially, I have about four girls, college girls I'm meeting with weekly. We begin to do a devotion together. I love the fact at, at, at each day they make their comments. I just love that thing. It just encourages you in, and to not to miss. As you begin to do it together, you begin to share or not. And what we are doing, we are putting a habit in us that God will begin to change the, the way we think. 
You see, learning few truth here and there does not change my thoughts. I need to have a bigger picture. I need to have change overall change of things as well as specific things as well. Be transformed by a renewing of your mind. The way, we, the way we think determines the way we feel. The way we feel influences the way we act. To change our life, we must change the way we think. We have to have a change of our operating system. That's what it is. Operating system has to change. Otherwise, we're still working on the same operation in a system. We cannot change. Change will not come. How we think needs to change. I don't know where I am in my notes. Oh, my goodness. Let me see if I can find my notes. Okay. God is good? All the time? I guess God is only good all the time for Daniel. Nobody else. You see, first, a first step of change, transformation, it, start, it starts really in our mind how we think. The way we think determines how we feel. The way we feel determines, uh, influences the way we act. See, I think there are two, uh, two, there, there are two parts to change about the way we think. One is we need to get, uh, stop thinking in mature ways. Look at what it says. Those who live following their sinful selves think only about things that their sinful selves want. Those who live following the Spirit are thinking about the things the Spirit wants them to do. I think I might have said verse I want you to read that I didn't get to read. Uh, remember the, the verse we read earlier, Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 14 and 15? As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by, by waves and carried, carried about by every wind of doctrine. That verse, we are no longer to be children. As we grow up, we, in a, and the first, first way to change our thinking, by the way, changing our thinking is the word, the biblical word is repentance. Repentance literally means to change the way you think. People have a wrong idea of what repentance is. People, people think repentance is, oh, I'm sorry. That's not repentance. It might be part of it. Repentance is when you change your thinking. You may be saying, I'm sorry, but if you don't change your thinking, you have not repented. This is why nothing changes in you. You need to change your thinking for your life to change. True repentance involves changing of your, how you think. And the first part of it is stop thinking immaturely. Immature people think about it's all about me. Isn't it? Look at my look at little kids. You know, I love, I I every morning when I get up, first thing I do, I will not tell you what I did in the morning. Anyway, I'm, when I'm in the restroom in the first thing in the morning, I'm checking my Instagram to see any video from my grandkids. I think about a week, week and a half ago, Riley Joe has been having first solid. And I think she, I, I don't know what she was eating. They were giving her something, and she would do this. And, and she's eating her first thing. Now, when, you know, I love babies. You know, I love babies. I love babies. <laughs> but all they know is about themselves. They're selfish, self-centered. That's all they know. They don't think, they don't think about what parents want. They'll ah, at 2 in the morning. And, you know, and they don't care. They are selfish. 
See, immature thinking, immature thinking is, is all about me. What I want, what I, what I can get out of, that's how we think. And Jesus says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, have this mind which was in Christ Jesus. Right before that, he talks about how you need to have a new, different way of looking at it. And do not just think about only over yourselves, but think about others. First, stop immature thinking. And second, and second, is, second part is thinking maturely, focusing on others, not ourselves. Let me see if I have that verse. Did you go back? Look at the verse. It says, right? Those who live following their sinful selves think only about things that their sinful selves want. They think only about what, what they want. Look at the next verse. It says, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, it says, don't be selfish. Husbands, you heard your wife saying that many times, right? I know I hear that many times in my house. Don't, it's all about you, isn't it? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. You see, talks a lot about how we change our thinking, immature thinking to mature thinking. Verse 5, you must have the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself for the sake of others, gave himself even to die on the cross. Amen? Amen. Changing our thinking, how we think. You see, Christian life is so much more than convictions and creeds. People think I'm a good Christian because I know things about the Bible. I believe certain things. No, it is so much more. It, it has to include conduct, how we live, and our character, how my being, how I'm behaving. That has to be part of it. Somebody said it nicely. I don't know if I have the word. I don't think I have that here. But let me, let me say something. Maybe somebody said, this is, I like it. Our deeds must be consistent with our deeds. Our beliefs must be backed up by Christ-like behaviors. I was, I was, as I was reading this sermon by somebody, man, I, you know, this is good, right? Deeds and creeds, our deeds must be consistent with our creeds. Our beliefs must be backed up, backed by Christ-like behaviors. I don't have to strive for that one, do I? You see, Christian life is not just what I believe. It has to be my life, how I live. How does it happen? By me consistently living it out and practicing it. We often fail to grow spiritually because we haven't planned and made space for a deep abiding fellowship with God. You see, we, 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 we don't grow spiritually because we have not taken time or commitment to make a lot God to work in my lives. Isn't that true? Sunday, Sunday in a, I'm an old school, like I'm in about almost 30 years, we used to listen to a song by Keith Green. He used to say, you know, to obey better than sacrifice. In that song, he used to say, I don't want your Sundays or Wednesday nights. If you, if you cannot come to me every day, don't bother coming at all. I'm, I'm too nice these days, too chicken to say anything like that these days. And when I was younger, I used to say, if you cannot come to God every day, don't come bother coming at all. 
Because God, you know, she, if I say to my wife, Joy, I love you, I'll be faithful to you 98% of times. Does it make sense? No. Joy, I'll be good to husband to you for 364 days. One day I'll do whatever I want. Does it make sense? 364 days a year, I'll be good husband to you, faithful to you. One day, just let me do whatever I want. Doesn't work, right? Right? Ladies, would you marry a guy like that? Of course not. You say he's 99% good. That 1% is a deal breaker. Right? See, us taking time, intentional time, to grow and really make room for God to work in my life so they can transform me. And I hope church is going to go into 40 days of prayer, church-wide campaign. Why? Because we're going to do a spiritual growth campaign because we're us being spiritually mature solves a lot of issues, most of the issues. Because what we do when we are not mature in Christ and spiritually, we do stupid things. We wreck our lives. We need to, be, we need to grow up mature in our faith, in our trust in God. So we are going to go into 40 days of prayer, church-wide campaign. Now, this will start in about three weeks. Just wanted to let you know. Why 40 days? A lot of the, uh, the, the experiments and the studies came out. It takes for about six weeks, 40 days, for you to do the same thing regularly enough to become part of your habit. This is why when you try to read the Bible, beat of the year, read three days, and one day you, you forget you, two more days, you forget another day. You know what I mean? You, don't, you are not building habit. You need to do the same thing for six weeks, 40 days to become part of your life. So that it will be, become a habit and become a part of your life. We want to take 40 days in, in, in March and, and some part of April to really intentionally make room for God to work in us. On the topic of prayer, so that we can hear God better. And you know, also... Follow God. And, and, and so, so, you know, we learn many, we learn different ways, right? I do not learn good by reading. Some of you do. I, I, I learn by hearing. When I was in school, many, many, many years, you know, high school, college, four years plus, four more, three more years in seminary for master's at divinity, another two years in master of theology, whatever, Many, many years, I, I learned that me reading, I don't remember a lot. Whatever I listen, I usually remember better. I'm an auditory learner. So when I do the one year through the Bible, actually I listen. And because it, it reads to you. And it's helpful. And, and, I, and we learn by different. Some people learn by reading better. Some people are visual learners. You learn by looking at things. Right? Some people... You don't learn by reading or hearing or even watching. I need to do it. You call those people men. Okay? Right? You learn by doing. You don't learn golfing by reading a book. You don't learn golfing by watching a video. You have to go out and actually hit the ball. Who, who learns play football by watching or uh, theories? No, you have to go and throw the ball and catch it. Because we learn many different ways. In that 40 days, we want to do many different ways for us to grow in God. 
We're going to have a Sunday message. If, if you are an auditory learner, if you learn by, best by listening, you love coming to church on Sunday because that's how you learn. But some people, that's not the best way. We're going to have a, we, want, we want all of it to be in a small group somehow. Some people learn by talking. You know what I mean, right? I learn by talking the best. I, l- I t- learn as I talk. As I learn stupid things, but I, as I learn, I talk. As I learn better. And so small group, as you come discuss whatever, you meet and you have a daily your time alone with God. I call it tag. Time alone with God. Or tog, T-A-W-G. I don't like the word cute, cutie, quiet time. I like tog, daily t- time alone with God. And, and I think in that 40 days and your life grows up, we want to do some projects together as well. You learn by doing things. Why? We want to take time so that we can grow in God together. Because I'm answering the question, what is your next flourishing step? How are you growing as sons and daughters, as a disciple of Christ? How are we, how are we as a church growing as a disciple of Christ? That's what I believe God is asking me. Really making me think about things. We're almost done. Could I have the praise team come? Let me see if I can um, uh, wrap it up. God is good? All right, I am good on time, Pastor Mimi. Better than usual. Uh, I, let me just see personal. I, I was thinking while, when I was at the, in Colorado, Colorado Springs at denominational gathering, I was thinking about what is my next flourishing step, and I realized how can I flourish unless I know who I am, what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to be clear in my calling in my life, how God made me, what my calling, what my gifting is. I thought about this. When I look all of my life as a minister, as as a Christian, I've been ministering since 1985. It's already, how many years is that? 30, about 34 years I've been a pastor, part-time, full-time. I'm not out of that time. The most exciting time that I, most exciting Period of time was when I took people, small group people, I discipled them. I love that best. When I see them grow, become mature, get excited about God, that made me happy than anything else. There are a lot of things I love, but I realize the thing that I love most is to see people really fall in love with Christ and go deep in God and love God well and fully become what God made them to be. Amen. And so I thought about that, you know, and I still remember when I, 1989, my first year as a full-time pastor, that year was probably one of my high, high, highest points in my life. I was discipling two groups, high school seniors and some college students at UMBC. And I, I met with them. Tuesday is when I discipled the youth group, youth students, from I think 4 to 6 o'clock. Then I would drive to UMBC, meet with college students 7 to I think 9.30, and I did that. And I'd come back home by about midnight. I remember one night, one night I was lying down. I was so happy. I was giggling. I was giggling because so happy to see people growing. I see people growing, maturing in Christ. I was so happy, delighted in that. You see, but the thing is that when I look at church, a lot of times our church is so much, so, our church is amazing, great. But when I look at church as a general, I see so many people still immature, do not know what it means to follow Christ. 
still do not know what it means to be like Christ. They do not still think like the world, still do not know how they ought to live and behave. And they, they do not know. It breaks my heart. And, and that we are called to be followers of Christ. We want to, in our hope church, we want to build, help people to become lovers of Christ, grow and mature in Christ Jesus. And our life being transformed by the renewing of our mind, we'll think in a godly way. We will have a right perspectives and things. We'll live right and think right. And yes, sometimes, sometimes we'll make mistakes. Yes, we do. But we will, we will know how to discern what is right and wrong, able to turn back and repent and change our ways. We'll be able to get back on our feet and walk after God. God is calling us to come. It's time to grow up. How are you doing? Your relationship with your wife, your husband, your siblings, or your friends, co-workers tells you how you are doing. Are you a grumper? See, you are, you are a happy person. If you are, you are not a happy person, if you are only happy 25% of times. You're a happy person when you're generally, maybe 90% of the time you're happy. You know what I mean? I'm a good person, not when I'm good in 25% of my time. Has to be at least generally 90%. You know, generally, I'm, you know what I'm getting at. And our lives has to become more and more like Christ. Am I becoming more like Christ? Am I doing the things God wants me to do? He's calling us. So I think next couple of weeks, Pastor Mimi and I, we are going to challenge you. We're going to go, go into this. And I, I want to defer with what Pastor Mimi said. I really, really rather that you find the small group somehow. Already there, group groups already there, or temporarily join another group, maybe form another group so that you can meet as a group. Because we, we want many different ways for you to consider Christ and grow in Christ. So the messages are good, small group meeting and talking about things together, daily doing your devotions and other projects, but not. We want to do that for just 40 days, for just 40 days. And not only that, this is not only for us. If you have some friends who need to learn and grow in Christ, you can invite them to part of, be part of the group. So we can grow in Christ together. Amen? Let's all stand. This is not about trying to have some kind of program. It's not about that. Because God's desire for you for me, is that we become more and more like Christ. We be mature and grow in Christ. That we be fully what God called us to be, man and woman, fully alive in God. That is becoming more and more like Christ. Amen? This is what God, what God desires. Let's worship God together.